Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is John McCormick. And John, I'm so old, I remember when conservatives and social conservatives used to criticize people running for president for having extramarital affairs. Now, apparently, hey, character, forget that character stuff. We got us a Donald Trump. Uh, well, you know, a lot of these uh, social conservatives, they sort of think that the Supreme Court trumps everything and so that they're willing to get on board with Donald Trump, even if that means uh, supporting a man who, you know, lacks uh, any decency or character, uh, no matter how unstable he is, because you might uh, get one good Supreme Court justice out of it, uh, assuming that Donald Trump will actually go to the mat and fight for you on the courts. That uh, I don't know exactly why they uh, trust him in the first place, but if you're obviously uh, just judging against Hillary Clinton and you only care about the Supreme Court, I think you could see a case that maybe you've got, what, a 10% chance, uh, maybe even greater, that Donald Trump will appoint someone good or will be compelled by a Republican Senate in some unlikely universe where Donald Trump is president and there is a Republican Senate. Um, so they're thinking that there's at least a chance there. Um, but as, you know, I think the argument against that is that, you know, Trump has just sort of failed these basic uh, threshold questions in terms of you know his decency, his character, uh, his temperament. That if you if you genuinely believe that he has failed the commander in chief test, uh, the chance that he you know might appoint one good Supreme Court justice really doesn't outweigh uh, the concerns they have about him. And furthermore, even in the unlikely event that he is elected, there is still a, a decent chance that you know Trump and Trumpism could sort of end up destroying uh, conservatism in America for a generation, if not longer. And you know who's to say if you get that one Supreme Court justice and Donald Trump is such a disaster, uh, you're not going to end up losing, you know, the next three or four or five Supreme Court appointments, and you're not going to end up losing, um, you know, the, the moral authority, uh, the, the philosophical uh, arguments, the principles upon which you have built this movement over the last uh, couple generations. Okay, let's back up. When Bob Livingston couldn't be Speaker of the House, there was a Supreme Court. When uh, other Republican candidates have run uh, for national office, but they were not pro-life. There was a Supreme Court. You know, there, there have been plenty of times when social conservatives have been presented with candidates who had so, a certain set of bona fides, but didn't pass either the character test or the test on key issues. Donald Trump fails the key issues. He's very, very late to the life issue, and he's still pro-Planned Parenthood. But more important than that, when uh, Ben Carson uh, today, John, said, quote, Christians shouldn't judge in order to, because part of his defense of John, of Donald Trump, I'm thinking to myself, excuse me, did, did I miss the 1990s? Was I, on the, was I someplace else? I could have I sworn that that's all that social conservatives and character conservatives have suggested, is that you have to judge someone's character first, because if they fail the character test, everything else is false promises and pledges that a man who, to use the example, won't keep his pledge to his wife won't keep to voters. When did we dump character counts? Um, I don't know. I think that you know Ben Carson probably has some bad theology there. I, I think obviously we'll we'll leave that up to the the Creator, the Almighty, to judge Donald Trump's mortal soul. But we definitely have a right to judge his character. And you know the problem with Trump, it's it's not just simply that his in private he's been immoral, but that uh, you know he sort of revels in his own depravity publicly. He you know he has uh, talked about how he, uh, he you know he dodged the draft with a medical deferment for bone spurs that never stopped him from playing college sports. And then he called dodging venereal disease his personal Vietnam, and then he trashed 
crushed POWs uh, when he insulted John McCain and said that he prefers people who weren't captured. And, um, you know, sort of just the, yeah, the, the public uh, way in which, you know, he has mocked disabled people. Uh, it's, it's not exactly a very pro-life thing to do. And that's why I'm concerned that, you know, you can kind of uh, miss the forest for the trees here when you're so obsessed about this one Supreme Court nominee uh, that you really, you, you get in a position where by defending Trump, it sort of ends up there's a certain level of intellectual and moral corruption that goes on. Uh, once you get on board with Trump, as Jonathan Last pointed out in the magazine in his piece, Trumpism Corrupts, you get uh, conservatives who get on board defending a man who says that the Iraq war was one big conspiracy theory in which George W. Bush, or, you know, is based on the conspiracy theory that George W. Bush knowingly lied about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. He, he launched the war into those false pretexts. Um, and you sort of see that happen with the moral arguments, too. I think last week, Laura Ingram uh, had a caller saying that Trump just, you know, he's he's such a, a wicked, vile man that I can't support him. He's against everything that I stand for. And she ended up likening him to Ronald Reagan because Reagan had a divorce. Uh, there was no sort of moral turpitude uh, alleged against him. And then she compared him to Abraham Lincoln for uh, suspending the writ of habeas corpus during the Civil War, which was an eminently reasonable thing to do and, and in no way immoral. So uh, th that's the bigger concern. You know, I think that Trump... You know, you might even have some arguments if you could just acknowledge uh, how how terrible of a person he is and say that we just need to vote for him for these strategic reasons. But when you see this sort of, uh, you know, this moral and intellectual corruption, I think that makes uh, the idea of supporting Trump all that much more difficult for conservatives who are a little bit on the fence still. Well, a uh, caller to my radio show compared Trump to King David and pointed out that, you know, King David had his failures. And, hey, look what he did. And so he uh, why isn't Donald Trump God's man for the moment? And I asked this person of faith, well, do you believe Trump is a man of God? And they paused for a long time and then said no. And that's the part that's throwing me off the most. You know, people like Dr. Ben Carson, people like Jerry Falwell Jr. Uh, I'm a graduate of Oral Roberts University. I know the evangelical community very well with great affection. They talk about how character is the inescapable measure. That everything, you know, you maybe you'll have the wrong tax, tax rate. You know, maybe you'll advocate a welfare reform or a foreign policy strategy that, that ends up not working. But character, you know, that's the beginning and the end. And so I want to ask you one more time, other than the Supreme Court, you know, just, you know, a kind of a, an issue, which I find is a dodge. I guess what I would ask is how do people who spent the 90s saying Bill Clinton is unfit to be president because of his behavior turn around and say, I'm willing to endorse and put my name on the Donald Trump campaign today. Do they simply dismiss that conflict or is it just uh, anyone but Hillary? I mean, I think if they're pressed on that issue, I think the only reasonable thing to do uh, is to either say you can't support Donald Trump or you need to apologize to Bill Clinton for what you said about him. I think that you're a, you're a total hypocrite if you're going out there and saying that Bill Clinton couldn't be president because, I mean, obviously the issue there was a legal one in which he perjured himself, but a lot of social conservatives also argued uh, that the, the moral turpitude uh, uh, sort of, he should have resigned over that. Right. And if they're saying now that now this is acceptable, I mean, you sort of, when you support Trump, you say that all sorts of things that were once thought to be unacceptable in a candidate are now acceptable. And that's why you're, you're risking the long-term project of conservatism uh, by getting on board with them. And so the question will be five years from now, six years from now, whatever, there'll be an issue that comes up that involves character and trust. And a conservative will say, you know, the Democrats are wrong. And the Democrat will turn around and say, didn't you vote for Trump? And that'll be the end of the conversation. Alas, this is the end of this conversation, John. We've got to wrap it up. But thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you.
You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.